Hey, it's Alan, and I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to the ongoing history of new music early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you've ever dreamed about being a rock star, you've no doubt fantasized about going on tour. Ah, the romance of the road. Rolling from town to town in a van, living on beer and french fries, parties, groupies, adoring fans. Record company is there picking up the tab, and you've got a road manager to take care of all the details. Yeah, well, keep fantasizing, because unless your name is U2 and you've got your own 727, life on tour ain't like that at all. It is such a grind that the road kills many a good band. There's the hassles, the expense, the tension, the weirdos, the accidents, the screw-ups. When it comes to going on tour, the rule of thumb is Murphy's Law. If it can go wrong, it will. Still in La La Land? Get in the van. Let's hit the road. You'll see what I mean. This is the Ongoing History of New Music Podcast with Alan Cross. A little Metallica to start the show. Their version of the Bob Seger song, all about life on the road, Turn the Page. Hello again, I'm Ellen Cross, and that's what this show is all about. Hitting the road, going on tour in a van, heading out on the highway and all the stuff that goes along with it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, okay, mostly the bad and the ugly. Unless you're at the top of the rock and roll food chain, the part of the chain that entitles you to first-class airline travel and all the best hotels and the finest catered meals, the road is a drag. You're away from home for weeks, if not months on end, you're cooped up with the same people, and they tend to get on your nerves. The days go by in a blur, laundry piles up, all the interviewers ask the same dumb questions, and pretty soon, you don't even know what city you're in or even what day it is. Jonathan Davis from Corn knows what it's like. Usually by the end of the show, most of the adrenaline's gone. <laughs> yep. We're just <laughs> It's gone. <laughs> I'm already done. It's like Drinking. the last two or three songs, it's like pulling the, the, the everything I, out. Like, I, blo- I blocked that whole headlining thing out. I remember now. You are drained. But back when we were playing like 45-minute sets, it was still kicking. But after the, when you start doing an hour 10, hour 20... Just get me off the stage. John Wozniak of Marcy Playground got tired of the grind real quick. The schedule looks like this. It's like you play a gig, you're done with the gig, you go to the van, you, you whatever, hang out in the van, I mean the bus. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking about a bus here. You jump on the bus, you sleep, and you wake up in the next town. 
because there's a driver that drives you, yeah. and um, and you get you get a little bit of time to hang out and do what you need to do, mm-hmm. get some work done, you know maybe you know maybe I'll like write some more music or something, and then you go to your sound check, uh, you have dinner. Uh, maybe maybe during the same course of the day you'll do some interviews or something like that and then uh, you play your gig and then you get on the bus again and go to the next town the only saving grace are those precious minutes that you get to play here's Shirley Manson of Garbage the minute you step on stage you, it's like a bolt in the arm you know that you're totally rejuvenated and, and energized and and it makes it all worthwhile it's just you forget about all the weird things that happen or all the difficulties because then you see their faces and they are all you know lit up and they're all having a great time and and that is a wonderful feeling and this is Duncan Coots of Our Lady Peace with our fans you, you look out and and really doesn't matter if it's the ninth song on the album that probably never has a chance of being a single and they're all singing along you know feverishly with every lyric like hanging on every lyric it's just it's just amazing like the energy that we get back from that Before we go out on tour with anyone, we should run over a few facts. When you sign a recording contract, you immediately go into debt. The record company cuts you an advance check for anywhere from a few thousand to a few million dollars. You're supposed to use that money to get the job done. you got to buy new gear, get new stage clothes, record an album, and you're supposed to use it to finance a tour with transportation, accommodation, and some kind of road crew. An advance is nothing more than a loan that has to be repaid. So how do you repay it? Through album sales. A typical band doesn't see a penny of profit from the sales of an album for years because the record company claws back a bit of their advance with every CD sold. Going on tour is one way to counteract that. Hopefully live shows will convince more people to buy your record, which will in turn burn off more of that advance faster. You can sell tickets, or maybe at the very least, negotiate a percentage of the cover charge or maybe the bar sales, and that's yours to keep. And you can sell t-shirts and other swag. That's also yours to keep, which is why young bands really, really appreciate it if you buy a shirt at one of their shows. So, how do you get from gig to gig? Well, the cheapest way is with a used van. That's how virtually every band gets going. If you're lucky, you might have it like the guys in Green Day did during their early days. Drummer Traquil's father came in really handy back then because he owned a small trucking company and he overhauled this old library bookmobile that he had bought from the Phoenix school system. That bus became their first tour bus and Mr. Wright even acted as the official driver for Green Day's first three tours. But mostly though, it's the van. A crowded, stinky, broken down van. From Sweden, that's a band called Randy, with a song all about life in their beloved touring van. It's called Me and the Boys. Before Henry Rollins struck out on his own as a solo performer, author, and actor, he was the lead singer for L.A.'s legendary Black Flag. He wrote a book once called Get in the Van. Here's a little reminiscing with Hank. San Diego, California. This was a great show. Play the first few songs and see this girl trying to grab me. I move away from her. Her boyfriend and his two friends are apparently on angel dust and see this as a great opportunity to drag me off stage and beat the shit out of me. It was funny. I was held down as this guy kept bashing me in the face. I yelled for mugger between fists. 
Eventually, the guy was pulled off me. I finished the set and then went to the men's room to straighten out my nose. I did a pretty good job. It only goes slightly to the right. The best part was the ride to the gig. We were stuck in a traffic jam near San Diego and we had been cut off by a woman driving this large car. Mugger had had enough of her bullish and hopped out of the van and dumped his yogurt through her window. Of course, we got busted and Greg had to do all the talking. I don't know how we got out of it, but we did. San Diego is a tough town. Henry Rollins, remembering the Black Flag days. When we come back, the story of a band who lost their van but managed to get it back after staring down the Polish mafia. Don't go away. You'll want to hear this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Just keeping the van on the road is a huge expense for most bands, and there are those groups who have trouble just keeping the van. Take the case of No Means No, a fine Canadian punk band from Victoria who have been around since the late 1970s. No Means No insists on doing things their way, which has sometimes landed them in trouble. Take the case of their road trip to Poland. One Christmas, they played a show in Warsaw. After the gig, they discovered that someone had stolen their van. Inside was about $10,000 worth of swag, so that was gone. And to make matters worse, the van wasn't theirs. They had rented it from a company in Holland. When they reported the theft to the police, they weren't very happy. And the rental company was freaking out because they didn't think their insurance would cover the van while it was in Poland. So here's the band, all confused and angry, when a fan steps up and says, I have a few friends in the Polish mafia. Want me to ask a few questions? So with nothing to lose, the band says, yeah, sure, go. Bass player Rob Wright was taken to a meeting in a church basement across town. There he bargained with two heavily armed men on how much it would cost to find the van. The next day, the band was given the name of a village about 100 kilometers outside of Warsaw and told to wait in the town square. At about 5.30 that afternoon, a man on an old motorcycle arrived and led them to a barn behind a small farmhouse. In the barn was the van, complete with all the swag. 2,000 German marks were handed over, and they were allowed to drive the van back to Warsaw. Case closed, right? Well, no. The Warsaw police wanted to know how they managed to get their van back without their help. Didn't they know it was illegal to do business with the Polish mob? The only thing that made the police go away was another 2,000 German marks. Life on the rough. So romantic. This is No Means No. No means no, but obviously they won't take no for an answer when they're dealing with the Polish Mafia. Good for them. 
Since we're in Eastern Europe, let's talk about the curious case of garbage. On February 4th, 1999, they had an encounter with Russian customs agents. Garbage had just finished playing a gig in St. Petersburg and were scheduled to perform in Tallinn, Estonia the next night. But when they tried to cross the border, they ran into all kinds of problems. Why? Because of the way all their road cases were labeled. Now, you've probably seen this if you've ever noticed how groups transport their gear from show to show. They've got these big black road cases, all with the name of the band, stenciled on the side in big white letters. And that's what Garbage had. Stacks of road cases, all neatly labeled Garbage. But the guys at the Russian border wouldn't clear the band to leave the country. Why? Because they refused to deal with the export of trash. And no matter how hard the band tried to explain to them that garbage was their name, not what they were hauling, the Russian dudes would have none of it. The kids in Tallinn, Estonia, did not get their garbage show that night. If your career is going well enough, you may be able to graduate from traveling in a van to your own tour bus. This is a good thing because it's a more comfortable way to travel. It cuts down on accommodation costs, and for the time that you have to spend on the road, the bus becomes your private space, your sanctuary. It becomes your home, sometimes for months and months at a time. This is Aaron Salazar of Third Eye Blind. You know what it is? It's kind of like the, the hail bop, like... Do you know those folks that, like, the, they had their little bunks and stuff? That's kind of how it is in our, in our bus as well. We're in these little things that are like coffins with curtains. You pull them shut and button them shut, and you're, like, secure in your little cocoon. Now here's Rob Zombie talking about his bus. Well, the funny thing is I usually try to stock up a bunch of stuff I haven't seen, but there's always something, and I have a feeling this year it'll be something like Austin Powers. There's always some movie that pops up that once it was Dumb and Dumber, like, that was the movie that everyone watched, like, a thousand times. It's always something like that. It's never anything, like, it's always something ridiculous. So that the rest of the tour, everyone can be going, yeah, baby, yeah. Most bands simply rent their buses from one of a variety of companies who specialize in this sort of thing. Custom tour coaches is what they're called. You get, basically, what you can afford. Sometimes it's a stripped-down affair with nothing more than a couple of bunks, a TV, and a VCR. Other coaches, though, are like penthouses on wheels. Full bathrooms, complete kitchens, video game systems, and state-of-the-art audio-video systems with a dish that can keep locked on a satellite even when the bus is moving. Obviously, the better equipped your coach is, the more expensive it is to rent. If you have the coin, the tour bus of choice right now is the 2002 Newell Coach. This thing is basically a 450-square-foot condo on wheels. It has a 500-horsepower diesel engine. It has one bedroom and one and a half baths. It's equipped with a Marantz home theater system with two 40-inch plasma screens. There's a twin satellite system that works even at 60 miles an hour. There's a full kitchen, mood lighting, and seating for all your groupies. If you got to go on the road, then this is the way to do it. And it's only $1.5 million. And, of course, you'll need one for everyone in the band, because it's only a one-bedroom, right? In other words, you got to be as big as Pearl Jam to afford a fleet of these babies. This one's called uh, Longest Title in the Pearl Jam Catalog, Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town. One, two, three, four, two. I just want to scream hello Oh my God, it's been too long 
More on being on the road, in the van, and in the bus, in a second. Hang tough. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is all about going on the road in a van or in a bus. And this is the difficult part of the program, the part where we talk about accidents. If you're going to be on the road, you're going to spend much of your time driving at night. You'll end up driving in all kinds of weather and in all kinds of traffic conditions. And more often than not, you may be a bit heavy on the gas because you have a long way to go between gigs and you're already behind schedule. And there are going to be the inevitable mechanical failures. Sometimes things go really, really wrong and people get hurt. Weezer's bus was rolling through Kentucky in February 2002 when there was a front-end tire blowout sending it swerving all over the highway. Fortunately, the driver was able to bring it under control, and fortunately, there was no other traffic around. Ash was a part of Moby's Area 2 tour, and they were on their way to Detroit on the night of August 16, 2002, when their bus tipped over on Interstate 5 in Oregon. Things were going fine until the driver noticed some big shreds of tire in the middle of the road, probably from a blowout on a big rig or something. Big swerve, and everything went sideways. Everyone in the bus was sleeping in their bunks at the time. When the bus tipped over, everybody went flying. Drummer Rick McMurray ended up with broken ribs, but happily, that was the worst of it. Real big fish were parked at a truck stop in Colombia in South America. This was October 2002. The driver stopped to get something to drink, and when he came back, he noticed smoke pouring out of the bus. Six members of the band and three members of the crew were asleep at the time. Fortunately, they were able to get up before anybody got hurt. Other bands haven't been so lucky. Back in May 2002, Alien Ant Farm was driving through Spain, but 100 miles outside of Madrid, something went terribly wrong. Their bus crashed into a parked car. The driver was killed instantly. The band suffered broken bones everywhere. The most seriously injured was singer Dryden Mitchell. He broke his neck. Vertebrae C2, the same one that paralyzed actor Christopher Reeve. Fortunately, Dryden got the right treatment quickly. Doctors fused the vertebrae. He had to wear a halo brace on his head for three months. This thing was held in place by screws drilled into his skull. There were months of therapy, and even now he has nerve damage. He has reduced feeling in his fingertips, which makes it very tough to play the guitar. And for a while, if he moved his head down, his arms fell asleep. But Dryden was lucky. It could have been much, much worse. Alien Ant Farm survived their bus accident. Metallica, however, lost a member that way. Metallica bassist Cliff Burton was killed in a bus accident back on September 27, 1986. Metallica's bus was traveling down a two-lane road between Stockholm and Copenhagen when things went out of control. There was a sheet of ice, and the bus ended up on its side in the ditch. Lars broke a finger. James had a couple of scratches. Kirk got a black eye but a drum tech and a guitar ready were pinned under the rubble for three hours. And then there was Cliff. He had been sleeping on the top level of the right rear bunk. When the bus started to roll, his window popped out, and Cliff was thrown from the bus. And the bus landed on top of him. 
He died instantly. Then there are people who just end up dead on the bus without any help. They go to sleep and just don't wake up. Drowning Pool was on the road with Ozfest in August 2002 when singer Dave Williams didn't get out of his bunk on the morning of August 14th. He died of something called cardiomyopathy, a disorder that affects the heart muscle caused by things like viral infections or high blood pressure. In other words, he died of natural causes. Drowning Pool has since released a memorial DVD. Proceeds went to achieving a dream of Dave's, which was buying his parents a house. And then there's the case of Shannon Hoon, lead singer for Blind Melon. He fell asleep on the tour bus, never got up. The night before he died, Shannon and Blind Melon played a bad show in Houston. Hoon was buzzed on coke for most of the gig, and it just didn't go very well. And on the bus to New Orleans, after the show, he just kept dipping into his stash. At 7 the next morning, the bus pulled into a parking lot outside the Hotel Intercontinental in downtown New Orleans. Between 9 and 10 that morning, Shannon talked to his girlfriend on the phone. At around 10, he left the bus, bought a newspaper, and had some breakfast. Everyone else was asleep, so no one saw Shannon creep back into the bunk at the back of the bus. He lay down in guitarist Christopher Thorne's spot, and he just never woke up. Shortly after noon, somebody tried to rouse him. Nothing. Doctor was called, but it was too late. The official coroner's verdict? Heart failure, brought about by a massive cocaine overdose. The date was October 21st, 1995. Blind Melon, featuring singer Shannon Hoon, who died at the back of the bus. When you're stuck in the same place day after day, the thought of the open road sounds so cool, so romantic. The idea of being in a band on tour sounds like it would be the greatest thing in the world, but when the rubber hits the road and the reality of your situation sets in, it may not turn out to be everything you thought it was. Talk to you next time. I'm Alan Cross.